I had free money, I would get myself out of debt. <laughs> yes, I would pay off all my student loans and I'll be done. Welcome to Divorcing Sally Made, the podcast where you can break free from your student loan debt. My name is Crystal Lee, and we're going to talk about how to get out of student loan debt, how to make more money, how to buy a home, fix your credit, and so much more. So let's get into today's episode. Really, really, really excited to have you on the show today, Miss Maya Sly. Hello. Because... I want to talk about having a whole lot of student loans like a lot of people do. I told you on the phone when I, you know, shared my vision about this podcast, how many I had. And you were like, that's normal. Like a hundred thousand. Like you, you <laughs> that's, maybe that's 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 a little debt. Yeah, like you say that like it's and so it's crazy because that is just what's going on right now. It's overwhelming when you think about the cost of college tuition. So that's the biggest, uh, let's use this, like keep things in context, right? So everything is relative. And if you have a hundred thousand dollars in student loans and you make $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, then that's, that's going to be a challenge. But if you're in an industry where that amount of debt is required in order for you to even have the education so that you can make that money long-term, just know that if you think about a physician, you think about a, a an attorney who actually went to law school, did what right. they were supposed to do, and they got with a big firm, they're going to make six figures their entire life. Like their entire working life after they get out of residency and fellowship, they're always going to make the money to be able to repay that. So you're in a catch-22 with some of it, but I think a lot of it is mindset and think about it. Like you would think about anything else, you didn't have a problem. No one has a problem going out and buy a eighty hundred thousand dollar car. Right. You wouldn't be able to buy that eighty or hundred thousand dollar car without that education. So if you didn't get the education, you wouldn't be able to live your lifestyle. So just look at it as an investment. You invest it in yourself. That's your responsibility. And I want to drive this home for anybody. And me and Chris had a little tip about that yesterday. Your education is not your parents' responsibility. If you have parents that were in a position to be able to afford for you to go to college, God bless them. God bless them. But at the end of the day, that education is yours. Your parents can't live off your education. You're going to reap the benefits that, of that for the rest of your life. So I always try to give people context when they think about the overwhelming amount of student loan debt they have. It's like, let's not focus on the problem. Right. Let's deal with the solution. And there's all sorts of programs out there. And I'm going to share those with you guys. Now, that's what I'm excited about. So I wanted you to come and talk about having an extreme amount of student loan debt or even whatever kind of debt. I don't care if it's 10,000. It's still a debt. You got student loans. Right. And you want to buy a home and you really feel like you can't. But I want to go back to you saying, you know, maybe you're going to law school. Maybe uh, you're going to be a doctor. Yes, those pay very well. But what about the people who have 100000 or more in student loan debt and they got an English degree? They they went for psychology, business management, and they can't find a job. Well, they can find a job. They just need better training. <laughs> so there's plenty of jobs. We don't have a job shortage here. We have a workforce shortage and qualified workers. So if you have an English degree, then my advice to you would be to go be a teacher somewhere so you can get on a public service repayment forgiveness plan. If you have a degree in English, go teach school. Go teach school. It's 10 years. In five years, in some states, they will repay most of your student loan debt. You're never going to be able to repay it making $40,000 a year. Right. And if you don't love what you're doing, then put yourself in a position that you can have financial freedom and liberation. So I think we need to quit playing the victim here. I think the conversation needs to change. That narrative is very, um, it's defeating. 
And it puts people in a situation that they don't think about the solution. They want to blame someone else for this debt. They let me take all, all these student loans. They let you take out all these student loans. Repeat that back to me one more time. They gave you money for your education that right. your parents did not have the money to pay, nor did they have that opportunity when they were growing up. They couldn't get an education if their parents couldn't pay for them to go to school. So Pell Grants and all of these things are very new to education for us. And I think that we need to take ownership of what that looks like. We have a $1.6 trillion student loan crisis right now, worse than any housing crisis we've ever seen. Mm. So let's take hold of that and let's figure out how we can move forward. So one, if you are in public service, you work for a nonprofit, if you're in education, if you're a firefighter, if you're a police officer, or if you work for a nonprofit, you can get on a student loan forgiveness plan that if you make 120 payments, that's 10 years of payments. And people are like, it's 10 years. Well, based on what you owe, it's going to take you 50 years to pay it off. So if you put yourself on an income-based repayment plan based on your income, you might be paying $50 a month in a payment, but after 10 years, your entire student loan debt is forgiven. So quit hiding from these people. They're not going to go away. You can't get away with it in bankruptcy. It's the one debt that will follow you. If it's a federally subsidized student loan, you cannot wipe it away in bankruptcy. No collection company can get it off your credit. It's a federal loan. And so it will keep you from even getting business loans. That's going to be one of the questions they ask you, are your student loans in default? Mm. Because if they're not in good standing, you're keeping yourself away from a lot of things in your life. So let's just get a handle on it. There's so many programs out there. Let's get a student loan forgiveness plan. But first, let's get on an income-based repayment plan. Your student loan debt is killing your credit score. Mm. Because it's an installment loan. Right. So debt is weighed. If you ever look at the pie chart for, for debt, installment loans, revolving credit history of credit, type of credit, all of those things make up the body of your credit score to get you to your FICO score. Well, if you have $100,000, $300,000 in student loan debt, I had a lady that we got $492,000 of student loan debt forgiven. She's a teacher. Wow. She's a teacher. She went and got $492,000 in student loan debt to get a PhD. I said, girl, I've had surgeons that don't have $500,000. <laughs> I said, what were you doing? <laughs> But again, people are irresponsible with the way that they take out student loans. Right. They start and stop, start and stop, or they want to go to these private schools. Yeah, we that was me. in the best city for education. We have so many colleges and universities. I love all of our HBCUs, but I couldn't go to Spelman. Right. There was no way I was going to be able to take out that amount of student loan debt. So you have to go where you can afford. Go where your pockets will allow you to be able to have a life after you leave. And this is for the parents who are thinking about taking out debt to pay for their kids to go to these private institutions, you're doing your kids and yourself a huge disservice. Mm. So let's talk about buying a home. Okay. You got a whole lot of student loan debt. Maybe you can barely pay for it. Mm -hmm. Is it a good idea for you to focus on home buying? Oh, you better because you're not going to be able to focus on that student loan debt. That's not going to go away. Is it's, it even possible for oh, you to buy a house? Oh, absolutely. So what we have is called an IBR. That's okay. an income-based repayment plan. So I have... A doctor, I'm sorry, he was an attorney, first year, just got his job. His wife is a teacher. She went to NYU. So <laughs> we know how much that costs. So she, yeah. went, she, she went to NYU and he went to Mercer for law school. So both of them combined had $400,000 in student loan debt. We got them qualified and closed on a $350,000 house. There, she's a teacher. She makes $42,000 a year. He's a first-year attorney working for the um, city of Gainesville in the DA's office. 
his income, maybe what, 60000 max, combined 100000 on their IBR, guess what their payment is? How much? Zero. Wow. Zero. And both of them are in public service. So they're not going to have to pay those student loans back. What does that first step look like? Is, is that just making sure that you're in good standing with your student loans? Mm-hmm. And what about, because um, I have private loans too. So, so the, the private loan, the, them is the devil. They're, they're not they, playing with you. They're not playing at no, all. Ain't no paying. You. you ain't paying zero. No, <laughs> no they're not. They're not, not going to do all. that. They're not going to do that. But there's a way to get out, get around some of that. So what I always suggest is that your your direct loans, your government loans, mm-hmm. go ahead and get those consolidated. Okay. And get those in, in one file. Okay. So you have one payment that you have to be responsible for and one person to contact. Got you it. You don't want to have to have four, five, six people that you have to keep up with paperwork because one mispayment can drop your score 50 points. 50 points. And it's hard to get your credit score up. It's very easy for that score to go down. Now, talk to me about this situation that you had with someone who was buying a home, mm-hmm. missed a student loan payment, and literally it was like everything oh fell apart. It was the most devastating thing ever. I have a 99% close rate. I've been in business as a realtor, real estate agent, and broker for 18 years. September 11th, I got my license. So when the planes were crashing into wow. the building. So it was one of those things that I understood the financial piece of the business. Right. And understanding that really helps you help clients. This client had one missed student loan payment while we were in the home buying process. A federal payment? Yes. Okay. One miss. it was only like a $27 payment. Are you serious? But it doesn't matter. The payment is, the the missed payment is what they're concerned about, not the amount. Not the amount. It would have been better for him to miss a $1,000 payment and been in a car accident because then they would have forgiven it. Like he could have negotiated something with the company. Maya, not $27. It wouldn't matter if it was $7. It doesn't matter. A late is a late. They all count the same. So you have to be very cognizant of what's on your credit score, what's on your credit report. So if you've got seven, eight, nine different student loan payments and you don't have them on auto draft, you're putting yourself in a situation that it's going to be close to impossible for you to buy something. Because if you have one late, they want you to wait 12 months before you can buy something. 12 months. 12 months. And even if you're in the middle of the home buying process, you yeah. miss one, yeah. it's over. And he lost his earnest money because it was his fault that he did it. So, Maya. yeah, the seller. So it was a trickle down effect. And it was very it was devastating for me because, I mean, this was a beautiful family. I wanted them to be able to get it. It was I mean, to get a house that has one hundred thousand dollars in equity in this market. This is a seller's market. There are no foreclosures right now. If I go in my system right now, I'm trying to pull foreclosures in Fulton County. It might be seven, seven total in Fulton County. We're a huge county, Fulton County. So any of these things like you know, when people call me, oh, I want to get a foreclosure. I'm like, honey. There's no foreclosures. <laughs> like everybody who's going to lo- lose their house, lost their house years ago. Right. If you were able to maintain your home, you stayed in your home because you can't get even get a house close to what you could have gotten it for in terms of size 10 years ago. So anybody who bought their home 10 years ago is staying in their home because if they look at something now, they're like, how much for that? I mean, 500000 or 500000 is nothing now in Atlanta. That's a regular house. That's not a mansion. You used to be able to move to Atlanta and that's a mansion. Yeah. So with these programs... What happens is you need to t- get all of your loans consolidated. Okay. So the ones that you can consolidate, consolidate. The ones you can't, those companies will negotiate with you because they have a high default rate. They're selling that debt off. So if you're in a situation that you can work out something with them to negotiate your payment with them to say, listen, I can't afford it. Can we do an income reduction? All you can do is ask. 
There are things that they have in place already because they've made their money off of the interest at this point. Right. Sometimes they're looking for charge-offs. You never know until you ask. They, If you have a closed school, so there's called a closed school forgiveness. So for anyone who went to college and their school closed, that student loan debt is forgiven. But you have to apply. They're not going to volunteer the information. And you can't be running away from the cause. You can't run away from the cause. And you can't be scammed by people who are telling you, no, you still have to pay this. These are government. These are laws that are in place to protect you. So getting your student loan debt forgiven, call the U.S. Department of Education. They work for us. That's our tax dollars at work. So though they are the body that oversees the loans, they're the person that you call. It's like calling the IRS. They have to work with you. So call them because they don't want you to default on your loans any more than you do. Right. And if there's legislation that's in place, that's to their benefit for them to go ahead and wipe it out. And it's under another budget. Get it off of their books. So consolidate the loans. Get them in an income-based repayment plan. Okay. With an income-based repayment plan, when you couldn't qualify for anything, now you qualify for a lot. Okay. So every $50, think about it this way. So if interest rates right now are like three point something, right, or four. So think about it as $5 for every $1,000 that you want to spend, right? So if you can get a $500 payment eliminated, that's $100,000 more that you can qualify for in a house. Hmm. So that's the simple math of it all. So take your income, divide it by 12. So if you made, for simple math, if you made $60,000 last year, divide it by 12, that's $5,000 a month, multiply it by 0.45. That's your maximum debt that the bank will qualify you for. That's easy math. Come on, Maya, with the money. But it's easier that way. And sometimes we can get a little bit more if you have great job history and great savings. Okay. But that will give you your debt number. And that's all of your debt. Car payment, student loan, and the new house payment with taxes and insurance. So, you know, if you're looking at something, oh, my payment's only going to be if they go on like bankrate.com or Quicken or one of these, and they say, oh, your payment's $700. They didn't include the taxes and the insurance, and all of that has to be included. Okay. What are some good programs for people to look into for to help with their student loans, help with home buying? I know we're going to talk about how they can contact you because there are a lot of companies, Maya, that are charging people to do yeah. the things that we can do ourselves. We can do ourselves, and we, we have to take responsibility. The biggest challenge I have is that nobody wants to read. They want me to read to them aloud. I said, did you look at the information I sent? Yeah, but I didn't understand it. What didn't you understand? That it's a three-page document. It's a three-page document to get your student loan debt forgiven, and they don't want to fill it out. So for me, my initiative for um, last year was financial literacy, okay. and I have driven that point home. You're going to read this information, and you're going to get yourself out of this situation. You got yourself in here. Let's get yourself out. Quit running from their phone calls. They're not going to stop calling you. No, and they're they're going they're going to garnish your wages. So you need to do something about it. Get them in an income repayment plan. Once you get in the income repayment plan, then you can start the forgiveness process. Okay, but you can't do one before the other. Okay, so you must consolidate the loans that are your public loans. Consolidate those first. Get those on an income based repayment plan. You may not like the payment, but if you make the money on paper, that's what they're going to go by. So if you make $80,000 a year, you're not going to have a $10 payment because they're not going to take into account that you have $1,100 car payment. That's what you decided to do. Right. So some of these things we just have to bite the bullet and make some sacrifices for, but get them an income repayment plan so you can get them forgiven. And you can go on the U.S. Department of Education, and it is called a income-based repayment 
plan. So just put that in the search menu. If you go on there, it's going to give you all the bullets. And if you are a public service member, so that's a teacher, a firefighter, anybody who works in public service or a nonprofit, you automatically can get those student loans forgiven. But you have to start the paperwork process for your years to count. And so we need to do that before we come to you trying to buy a house. So we shouldn't come trying to buy a house from oh, you no. if we're in deferment, forbearance. Oh, no, no, no. You need to come to me because I need to tell you what to do. I have okay. a lady right now. We were supposed to close on Friday. She had a loan in deferment, forbearance, and an income repayment plan. I've never seen that happen before in life. She had three different things going on in her file. So in doing that, I need to see that. So we know which program to put you in. But so we can we can call you first oh, and you'll you tell us what to do to yeah, get the loans yeah. in place. Yeah, don't do that on your own because okay. you're going to mess it up. Like, okay. don't okay. do not do that. I mean, that's my job. Okay. Let me tell you what you need See, to do. See, I didn't do. know you were doing that too. So we yeah. can call but, you well, to buy the Well, most agents don't. Most right. agents don't. That's okay. just my specialty. Okay. I don't leave that to somebody else to to figure it out. That's, that's kind of my gift zone is figuring out the money. So let's get you right on paper first. And it might be a 90-day process. For that to happen. But in 90 days, we know where we're going to be. I love that, though, because like you said, a lot of a lot of agents, you're not going to be able to call them and get some student loan advice. They're just going to be like, all right, oh, no, call me gonna... when you're ready to buy the house. Oh, no. And they lose so many clients that way. I mean, I closed five people in July that were denied. So I had this thing from denied to approved. That was my initiative for the month of July. A woman had filed bankruptcy three times, three times but had never gone through with it. But the way the credit report was reading, they didn't look at that it was dismissed, not discharged. Mm. So if you don't read, you'll miss it. We got our score up. She only had to pay about $1,100, $1, got our score up 50 points. She's in a $350,000 house now, and her payment is lower than her rent. She's been renting for seven years, and she makes $120,000 a year. Wow. Yeah, so I was super excited about that. So, yeah, like getting your student loan debt in place and kind of taken care of will start the process for everything because everything now for you will be cheaper. Your rates for everything else now will be cheaper. Your car payment will be cheaper because now your score will be higher. So getting the loans consolidated, taking care of that is going to help the body of your credit. You need the body of your credit to look better because it's suppressing your credit score. You don't have bad credit. They have what's called suppressed credit. So they, no matter what they do, they can't get over that 620, Ooh. 630 mark. Ooh. And I want you to get to 700, but we got it. We, we suppressed. You suppressed and depressed. And Looking depressed. At us. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no. You don't have to pay more. It's just, that's something you don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay anybody to do that. We literally can do the application in 15 minutes. Only 15 minutes. It's a 15-minute application. I think one is three pages and another one is four, depending on the program that you're trying to get your student loans forgiven under. So if you're a teacher, that one is three pages. Okay. And if you can't teach forever and you're like, I can only teach for five years, they have one that pays off 17500 of your student loans if you t have taught for five years. So there's all sorts of programs out there. It really is our responsibility to find the money. You know what they say if you put it in writing? We'll, we will never find it. Don't be that girl. Don't be that. Don't be so that So are girl. there some like first time home buyer, I don't really have a whole lot of money programs mm -hmm. that they give you something? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't have a lot. I don't have a coin program where you are going to have, <laughs> if you don't have a coin, you're going to need something. So it's call your reserves when okay. you get ready to qualify for a home. So they're going to look at if you have a 401k with your job, you'd be surprised. The young people who just kind of join their 401k and don't even know it, that they're doing it, that little 25 and $50 every other week adds up. And so they have $6,000 sitting there because they have an employer match and that's their down payment. They can take that and they won't be penalized for it. Okay. So there's money everywhere. If you have a car payment that's six, $700, call your car payment, 
call your lender and say, can I push this payment to the end of my loan so that that way you can save that money that month? You right. can find There's money there. We just have to find it. But um, there's some Fannie Mae programs that are 100% financing. A lot of your credit unions, if you have a 700 credit score, um, are 100% financing. So there are some 100% programs that do exist. And we also have down payment assistance programs in the city of Atlanta. We have them in DeKalb County. We have them in Cobb County with higher income limits. So there's no excuse. It's You're going to have to have some skin in the game. I always say to have at least 2 to 3% of the purchase price of the home saved okay, okay. because you're going to need that for reserves. It costs money to move. There's going right. to be expenses that you don't think about when it's time to move blinds. Like to blind your entire house is a thousand dollars. You right. don't want those paper blinds sitting up there for a year while your windows just apart. open. Yeah, windows open. You're in a danger <laughs> zone. So I always advise, um, especially first time home buyers that are women, to go to new construction if you can. Okay. If you can go to new construction, that's gonna really eliminate a lot of the scary parts about being a homeowner because you have a warranty. And so for the first year, the builder warrants everything okay. that happens with the home. Your appliances, all of your systems are warranted for another 10 years. It's a 210 warranty. So there's a lot of things about being a homeowner that are not scary at all, but the money piece is the most important part of it. We can find a house anywhere. We have to get the finances together. And that's the part that we really have to drive home in our our community specifically because I've sat across the table from our counterparts and a young lady who she wanted to go to and this is a great segue for my niece that's here yes so, this young lady graduated got into Georgia Tech she wanted to go to Brown you know how much Brown cost her dad is a financial investor and he said if you go to Tech I will put $25,000 a year in a trust for you and at the end of the four years you can buy a place or do whatever you want to do with the money. Come on. She, wait. <laughs> let me tell you this ministry. Woo. So she graduated from Tech met a guy at Tech stayed to get her master so bought a condo at the Atlantic when the market was down. So she got it for like $210,000. Her dad put a hundred thousand dollars down on the house for her so she could qualify co-signed for the property for her she sold it to my client at market rate she walked away with two hundred and fifty three thousand dollars and she had never paid any more than she would have paid for rent she got the hundred thousand dollars equity and because she did not get student loan debt and listen to her father she's now starting her life at 27 years old with two hundred and twenty thousand dollars tax-free because she has to pay no capital gains tax on this so you tell me the difference in her start in life and someone who's 27 who's starting out with $200,000 in student loan debt because they went to a private institution and they messed up their credit their freshman year so their credit scores are 580 and now they're going to pay more for everything so my I'm about to leave the room don't leave, leave stay like, don't leave, I'm about stay. to walk away don't leave stay it's important that we we talk about this because I think most people I don't have children so I get to live through my friends children and it's the best because my nieces like they love me because I'm the cool aunt, but I'm right. the aunt that's always going to be real with them. I keep their parents in check because I'm like, no, no, no. I remember what you were like at that right, age. But they right, want their right. kids to walk on water. And they also want their children to have more than them, but they don't realize almost to their detriment. You can't have your kids at Spelman or Howard or Hampton paying $40,000 a year, but you weren't in a position to save for them to go there. And they didn't have the grades to get a scholarship. Because if they can't get a scholarship, you're now saddling them with the responsibility of $160,000 in student loan debt. Debt. And they haven't even started their first job. That's the degree for a professional, meaning you went to professional school, not undergraduate school. We live in a state where 
there's a Hope Scholarship. So you can get you can go to state school for almost virtually free. I mean, you're not paying much out of pocket. You may pay 10 or 20 percent of your education, but that's a huge difference in paying forty thousand dollars a year. Huge difference. And I think parents need to really look at themselves in the mirror and say, are you doing this for them? Or are you doing this for you? Well, well, let's talk about that because this podcast is really for those who have already made the mistakes, mm-hmm. which again is why you're here. We still got to buy homes. We still got to have some kind of assets, even if we're in the middle of student loan debt. But I want to talk about prevention too, because you don't have to get here. And parents, we don't have to send our kids to these expensive schools if we don't have the money. And so your niece is here and she is currently at Howard University. She don't really want to talk. She came in here just to be with She Maya. was interning, but I make them shiny. You're trying come. to she talk. She knows what to do. She <laughs> looks super cute. Tell them your name. Hi, I'm Brittany, everybody. So Brittany is a junior at Howard, and you have no student loans. None whatsoever. Not zero student loans. Let me give you this. Oh, I'm deep. Woo! She don't have a student loan, baby. And I want to talk about why you don't. What did you do in high school, honey? Did you just buckle down and say, I got to get my grades together? Did you know, like, in your mind, I got to be focused because I want to go to school for free? Or did your parents set that standard? Honestly, my parents set that standard for me. And I just I just made sure I did what I had to do to meet or even exceed the standard. More so what I basically did in high school, I just made sure I made all A's, all A's. I mean, I made a B here and there, but first of all, it's just keeping your GPA up, Right. first step. The second step is I took SAT prep courses, okay. like testing prep courses, because, you know, that's a huge deal, too, when you, the schools are looking at, okay, do I want to accept you or not? And right. And more that, do I want to give you money? Yeah. So I took SAT prep courses. My parents invested those, so I would have a high SAT score so that I could have a better chance in receiving scholarships and money, but also just being well-rounded on paper. I did cheer. I played the violin. I was in like community service groups. She was Miss North Atlanta. Yeah, I was Miss North Atlanta. I was in leadership organizations. So basically just being well-rounded on paper as much as I could possibly be so that I could qualify or even have some sort of you know a story to tell right to be able to get the scholarships that I got but also it was just a matter of just just knowing that you know this is just a phase like high school is just a phase in your life and then you get to college and that's another phase so it's just like okay you can still have fun along the way but also just maintaining that mindset oh this is just a phase right I have to set my present up for my future right I love that and I tell students all the time like high school is money like you need to be focused when you're in high school because that's going to determine you know what school you go to and how many scholarships you get so did you always want to go to Howard or was it for you whoever gives me the most money well for me it was whoever gave me the most money but I did visit Howard and I fell in love so I was like okay if Howard gives me the most money I would not mind going here okay But it was just a matter of my parents basically saying, okay, we can afford to pay for you to go to college, but we're not going to do it because that's your responsibility. Like, that's your education. So, I mean, how you had to get, you know, scholarships, get the money. So, Maya, I love that because I think that whether parents have the money or not, a lot of times students feel like, well, it's on my parents or, you know, whatever. So they don't take high school as seriously as you did. 
you know, I think a lot of it, it it's for me when I see kids, it's it's challenging because you know they want to have fun, they want to party, and we're we're hindsight twenty twenty and can still make mistakes. Right. So imagine when you're in it, they don't know what's on the other side of you know when adults tell you something, you got to do this, you got to do it like that, and if you don't do this, they're really trying to instill and, and pour into you because they don't want you to make the same mistakes that they you but, know. But when I think about it, I'm like, okay, I'm getting to the age now where some of my friends have kids that are soon going to be in college but you're still dealing with your own student loans so it's like how do you deal with your student loans and now send a child to college because who's preparing who's preparing and most of these are single parents so where's the money going to come from so it comes from research there's so many scholarships out there that go unclaimed every single year they're going to have to do the research there's they have bowling scholarships at howard bowling bowling scholarships <laughs> it's hysterical there's a scholarship for almost everything when people are trying to get their kids to play basketball and football and you know that they're not going to go to the pros have them play lacrosse or tennis and get somewhere and sit down and be a student athlete it takes a lot to do scholarships and i think people just want to be lazy and not do it no it is called paperwork we have to fill it out it's the same application over and over again and now they have it so easy right Britt, that you can basically do one you do one thing and it just kind of duplicates it over and over and over again. With with technology, it's so much easier. Use Google. It's your best friend. Listen. It's their best friend. <laughs> so, it's their best friend. For people who want to buy a home, they're ready. They've been frustrated. They're like, I, I need to talk to you, Maya. How do they get in touch with you? So the best way to reach me is via my website or you can text me. So a text. Text approve me to 888-111. That's going to capture your information, and that's also going to give you the link to apply. Once you apply for the loan, that's going to help me help you better. I don't need you to tell me what to do. That's Mm-mm. my job. Let me help you help yourself because at the end of the day, you need the right information, not what you heard on Clark Howard or Susie Ormond and all these things. Oh, you need 20% down to buy a house. So you want someone to wait until they have 20% down to buy a house that they're never going to be able to save versus getting a house with 3% down and having a market rate. We have minimum 5% appreciation in Atlanta for the last five years. So if you purchased a house five years ago, you purchased a $200,000 house that would be $10,000 a year for five years. So minimum, you would have $50,000 in equity. So, you know, I always say be careful who you seek counsel because sometimes they're telling you things because they don't want things to be equalized. Exactly. And homeownership is the only equalizer that we have. And that's the reason why I wanted to do this, because I want people on like you who are going to help Mm -hmm. us. We have to build our communities. We have to own some stuff. And we have to take back our own communities. We can't keep saying, oh, I don't want to live over there. But you see in four years now, everybody is running at night at nine o'clock with their dog. Yeah. And now a home in West End that they were given away for twenty five, thirty thousand dollars seven years ago. You can't get a house in West End in Atlanta now for less than four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred in West End. So, you know, there's so many programs out there for us. We really are going to have to take our own city back. And in order to do that, we have to be a part of the process and we have to be homeowners because renting is not going to do it. They are tearing them down and putting up condos. There's a science behind this. They know exactly what they're doing. Pay attention. One more time, Maya. How do we text you? Text me. Text approve me to 888-111-888-111. Text approve me or reach me on my website. And that is Maya, M-A-J-A, Sly, 
S's and Sam, L Y.com. Go to mysly.com and you can enter there and you can get on our list. And we do not harass people. We want to be in business with people who want to be in business with us. My job is to just give you the information and make sure you have the right information. And if you're in Atlanta, you're going to see her everywhere. She on bus stops, buses, yeah. billboards. I, don't, I think a lot of them are down now. My campaign is over. It's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> There's a few. I said, oh, that one's still up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Divorcing Sally May and send all of your money and student loan questions to divorcingsallymay at gmail.com.